Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. With working from home and trying to stay in touch with friends and family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to always be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. My moment to chill is watching baseball, especially when the White Sox are on. I like to have a Coors Light beside me. It's a great beer to have watching the games as it's cool and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And even the mountains on my cans turn blue telling me that it's time to hit reset. Sit back, relax, and hunker down for an evening of White Sox baseball. So when it's time for you to unwind, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. When your entire life is online, you need more than just speed from your internet. Xfinity gives you reliable in-home Wi-Fi coverage, plus protection from Wi-Fi network threats. Check out our amazing offers on Xfinity Internet. You'll get fast speed and Wi-Fi coverage you can count on. Plus, get advanced security free with the XFi Gateway, so you can keep the connected devices in your home protected from network threats. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Good morning, White Sox fans. I'm Jim Margulis, and this is your White Sox wake-up call for September 16th, 2020. And a good morning it is, because the White Sox now lead the AL Central by three, and their magic number is down to two. After notching their sixth win in a row, this one a 6-2 victory over the Twins at Guaranteed Right Field on Tuesday night. Dane Dunning was the story. The White Sox had won all of his first four starts, in part because of a very soft schedule. He'd faced the Tigers, the Royals, the Royals again, and then the Pirates. It's important that he succeeded against those teams because the games count the same, but there was reason to be a little suspicious of his 2.70 ERA. But after Tuesday night, there's less reason for suspicion now. Dunning survived hard contact early to throw seven convincing innings, acing his toughest test yet, while the White Sox often supplied pressure to Randy Dobnak early before socking a couple of homers late. Rick Renteria showed that he's believing more in Dunning with each passing start as well. He could have easily pulled Dunning after a 1-2-3 sixth inning, locking in a quality start with the Sox leading by three. Instead, he let Dunning take the seventh, sticking with him even when he plunked Travis Blankenhorn with one out. Dunning recovered to retire Byron Buxton on a flyout, and then struck out Ryan Jeffers courtesy of some fine framing by James McCann, sealing his best line yet. Seven innings, three hits, two runs, one earned, two walks, seven strikeouts. One can argue that both of the runs should have been unearned. Buxton scored both of them, and they were gifted to him by guys who normally don't do that. In the third, Luis Roberts seemed to underestimate the power of Buxton's drive to deep center, then mistimed his jump as the ball sailed over his glove. It caromed off the wall and back into center field, while Robert hit the wall and more or less stuck. Buxton raced around the bases, and now the White Sox have allowed three inside-the-park homers this season. Two innings later, Buxton led off the fifth with a single, took second on a pitch in the dirt that got past James McCann, took third on a pitch that got past James McCann, then scored on a grounder. Fortunately, Robert McCann came up with some big hits on the other side of the ball. 
The White Sox had the standard plan against a sinker baller like Dobnak. Don't look to pull the ball, settle for hits up the middle into the opposite field. It worked. They tagged Dobnak for four runs on eight hits over four and a third innings, and they made him throw 97 pitches. Tim Anderson started the game with a single up the middle, and while Yoan Mankata and Yasmani Grandal couldn't move him with opposite field flyouts, Jose Abreu got in the third with the slowest developing hit-and-run single through the right side. Eloy Jimenez saw the same gap, and he went the same way, inside outing the first pitch through the right side for the game's first run. McCann struck out to end that rally, but he struck a big blow two innings later. The Sox had runners on the corners with nobody out after Grandal walked and moved a third on Abreu's infield single, which Jorge Polanco worsened by firing wide to second on the force attempt. Jimenez struck out swinging, but McCann picked him up by slicing a line drive to the right center gap to score Grandal. Robert then cashed in both his runners with a shot through the middle that made it 4-1. Once Dobnak left, the White Sox settled for their preferred method of offense, one swing runs. Tim Anderson tagged former teammate Tyler Clippard for a solo shot in the 6th, and McCann did the same to Jorge Alcala in the 7th. That capped off eventful days for McCann and Robert, for better or for worse. McCann looked like he did a body swap with Grandal, he had the passed ball and three blockable wild pitches on his tab, but he also stole a couple strikeouts for Dunning. The last one resulted in ejections for Rocco Baldelli and Nelson Cruz, both of whom weren't fans of Will Little's strike zone throughout the night. Robert allowed the inside-the-park homer, but he had the two-run single and two stolen bases. He took third on Dobnak without a throw, which was good since Robert got his hands caught under him and face-planted six feet from the bag. Anyway, those hits put the game effectively out of reach, as the Twins couldn't muster another threat. After Dunning, Jace Fry recorded all four of his outs via strikeout after coming off the IL earlier in the day, and Matt Foster took the final two. The White Sox MVP race within an MVP race reached another level. Abreu went 3-for-4 to raise his average to 328, but Anderson went 3-for-5 with the homer and two runs scored. He's now hitting a league-best 377, 14 points ahead of DJ LeMahieu, who had four hits himself. And besides letting Dunning prove that he could throw a seventh inning, Renteria may have let his best lineup play itself into position for the rest of the way. His card had both catchers, McCann at first, Grandal DHing, and it also had Adam Engel in right field instead of Nomar Mazzara, even with a righty on the mound. McCann and Engel both stepped up with two hits apiece. The White Sox rotation now turns over to Lucas Giolito, who will face off against Jake Odorizzi as he attempts to lock down a series win. Giolito had a share of strikeouts against Detroit his last time out, but the command of his changeup and slider weren't there, and the Tigers wouldn't let him get through six. Odorizzi has made only three starts this season after battling a back issue during training camp, and he's yet to last more than four. Last time out, the Royals spanked him for five runs on seven hits over three innings, and he only struck out one. First pitch is at 7.10 p.m. Central on NBC Sports Chicago. The White Sox are going to need this version of Dunning because Major League Baseball formally announced the format for the 2020 postseason, and there are no days off during any of the first three rounds. The best-of-three wildcard format will be played at the home field of the higher seed, after which teams will advance to bubble sites. The American League will play in San Diego and Los Angeles, and the National League will head to Texas to play at Houston and Arlington. San Diego and Arlington will host the championship series, with New Globe Life Field hosting the Fall Classic. Rob Manfred is hoping for a limited fan capacity in the last two rounds, which seems counterintuitive to the whole bubble idea. He also said that the 16-team postseason format is likely to stick past 2020, which I don't like at all. I'll be writing more about all of this at Sox Machine later this morning. Writing down some scores, the Cubs blew a two-run lead in the ninth inning against Cleveland thanks to a game-tying homer by Francisco Lindor, but they salvaged the victory with a walk-off hit-by-pitch. The Indians have now lost seven in a row and trail the White Sox by six games.
Scoreboard watching may now include the Rays and A's more than the Indians. Tampa Bay beat Washington 6-1, so there's still a game behind the White Sox for the best record in the American League. Oakland lost the Rockies in Colorado 3-1, so they dropped a two and a half back. Tuesday had a couple of the now-routine blowouts. The Brewers stomped the Cardinals 18-3, and frustration bubbled to the surface after a run-scoring catcher interference on Yadier Molina, as both Molina and manager Mike Schultz got fired up near the Milwaukee dugout. It wouldn't be surprising to see a one-game suspension or two, given Major League Baseball's hard line on face-to-face on-field encounters. Meanwhile, the Yankees have now won five straight and moved within a half game of Toronto for second place in the AL East. They homered six times in a 26 route of said Blue Jays in the Bronx. All six Toronto pitchers gave up a run, including infielder Santiago Espinal, who served up LeMahieu's fourth hit in the form of a homer on a 48-mile-per-hour pitch. That'll do it for this edition of the White Sox Wake-Up Call. Visit SoxMachine.com to talk about the game, and we'll be discussing the league's plans for October later this morning. If you're new to the Sox Machine podcast, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google's podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio.com, and wherever else podcasts are found. If you'd like to support the site and the show, you can do so at Patreon.com slash SoxMachine, or by purchasing a coffee mug or a pinwheel cog t-shirt from the Sox Machine store. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine podcast. For SoxMachine.com, I'm Jim Margulis. This is your apartment. I need some favors from you. Your cat keeps rubbing against the kitchen island, and I can't return the favor. Can you give her extra pets for me? After that, could you bundle your renters and car insurance with GEICO? We could save money, and it's easy to do online. And one last thing. Could you leave the TV on during the day? I need to catch up on my soaps. GEICO. For bundling made easy, go to GEICO.com today. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.